Uh, it's an honor. You know, we live in a time, well, right now, it's a season of Thanksgiving. And, and our minds are especially, you know, centered on Thanksgiving. All the reasons why I see on Facebook a lot of people, and it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to do, but a lot of people every day are writing, you know, here's a reason why I'm thankful. Um, and just expressing those reasons uh, publicly so that people will know how blessed we are. And uh, one of those blessings, as we give thanks, one of the things I'm thankful for, as Chris just led in that song, the Lamb of God. I'm thankful for the Lamb of God who came and shed His life, gave His life, shed His blood, uh, so that I could live. But also, as the song says in the second verse, I'm thankful that I can not be the Lamb of God, but I can be a Lamb of God. I, I'm part of the flock. I'm part of the, the sheepfold of God. And that also is a tremendous honor for which we need to give thanks I find it really interesting. You know, there are times when God does things, and we don't deserve it. We don't earn it, attain it. It's a gift given to us. And one of the things that I think God wants to do and has tried to do throughout his dealings with man is to make sure we understand these things are gifts. You know, when God um, gave Gideon the Midianites... He wanted to make sure that nobody thought it was by their own military might. And so what did God do? He said, well, whittle your army down to, and it got down to 300 people. 300 men defeated the Midianite army. No one can then say, look what we did. Everybody knew it was the, God, the working of God. And I think there's a really interesting illustration in Romans chapter 8. Um, in chapter 8, verse uh, 36, beginning, For your sake we are killed all the day. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. How could God convey to us that we are more than conquerors, but not of our own might, not of our own doing, not of because of who we are and what we've been able to accomplish, but because of him, well, how about this imagery? Conquering sheep. Who ever heard of such a thing? Sheep don't conquer. Sheep don't capture. Sheep, sheep are helpless. They need protecting. They're, they're not predators. They're prey. And yet the imagery that God gives us is that we are sheep, but yet we're conquerors. That tells me that it's not of my doing, but it's of the doing of God and, and of His power. And uh, we're not self-sufficient. And as a sheep, if we want to continue this imagery, as a sheep, we need a shepherd. Because sheep are prone to wander and to stray and to get themselves in trouble and become prey for predators. So a sheep needs a, a shepherd. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. To begin with, there is the Good Shepherd, Psalm 23. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to the book of Psalms, and let's look at the 23rd Psalm. You may very well have it memorized already because it's a, well, it's a, a very well-known uh, psalm. One of the things that I regret about this psalm is that we have reserved it almost for funerals. 
When do we hear the word of uh, the 23rd Psalm read? Well, it's usually a preacher standing by an open grave, and he says the 23rd Psalm. And it has its place there. It tells of a God who can comfort us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But it's so far beyond that. Instead of waiting for the end of a person's life to read this psalm, maybe we ought to be reading this psalm at the beginning of a person's life, showing them what they can do with their life if they turn it over to the Good Shepherd and the care and the protection and the guidance that He will give us. Listen to it as we read. Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That used to throw me off when I was a child. Did that ever do that to you? The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Why, why would I not want the Lord? You know, I didn't understand what it was saying. But it, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in want because he's my shepherd. He said, it says, uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The psalmist is trying to describe the character of the shepherd that he follows. And he's good. He's benevolent. He's watchful. He's patient. He's all the things that a shepherd should be. But I want you to also note, and keep your place in Psalm 23, but I also want you to note in 1 Peter Chapter 5, if you have your Bible, flip there. Because Peter says, he's writing to the elders, to the shepherds, and he says, to the elders among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. He says, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Not as being lords over the, uh, what is entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when Christ, the chief shepherd, appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You see, there's a chief shepherd. And then there are those who are that chief shepherd's under-shepherds. And Peter said, I'm one of them. There are those who serve and function for Jesus uh, to carry on his work of shepherd. Jesus is not here. He's in heaven. Who will shepherd his flock? He's the chief shepherd, but he's left in place the organization of the church. And part of that organization is that there will be men who meet certain qualifications who will step up and work in proxy uh, of Jesus, work in tandem with Jesus, partner with him in shepherding the flock. And their duties are much the same of what the chief shepherds would be. When I look at what I read, and when I read in Psalm 23, and I, I, I see the things that God... 
that the psalmist says God is, as our shepherd, God is, is, is all these things. So are our elders. So are those who shepherd the flock of God today. What the chief shepherd was and is, that's what those under-shepherds are as well. And so I'd like for us to look just at a few qualities that are brought out in Psalm 23 about well, what a good shepherd ought to be. First of all, a good shepherd is someone who provides. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The imagery there of a shepherd taking his sheep is I'm taking them to places where there's plenty. There's food enough to eat. There's water to drink safely at. I'm going to take care of their needs. That's what the chief shepherd does. That's also what their under-shepherd or his under-shepherds are to do as well. They're to be men who provide for us. Do our shepherds provide for us here at Carnes? Look at, look at what goes on here. Look at how many things, how many activities, how many events that are, are planned for my good, not for my entertainment, but for my good, for my well-being. We are led to uh, green grasses and still waters. You know, we had a period of Bible study this morning. We don't have to do that. Where's the Bible say you have to have a Bible study before worship on Sunday? It doesn't, but you know why we do that? Because the shepherds think it wise that we study God's Word together. And we have interchange back and forth. We're going to have Bible study again on Wednesday night. Why, why, where's the Bible say that there's a Wednesday night service? that we're, Well, it doesn't, but the Bible gives these shepherds authority to lead us, and they're providing for us. Look at the men's retreats, the women's retreats, the youth retreats, all the things, the, the gospel meetings, uh, the lectureship that we have, um, the school that is... Uh, uh, overseen here. There's so many things that are done to feed the flock. Do you think there are places maybe that you go to or that you could find that you might go to church on Sunday and that's it and there's never any thought? Uh, we just get in our obligation done. It says to go to services and so we go to services and then and that's it. No more thought to the building up, the strengthening of the body of Christ, the feeding of the body of Christ. Little to no more thought is given along those lines. That's not what happens here. That's not what a shepherd is about. A shepherd, an under-shepherd of Jesus Christ, is someone who is involved in making provision for and meeting the needs of the church. How many ways are we challenged to grow spiritually? You know, and I've said this before, but maybe... Those of you who have grown up here, and you've lived here all your life, and this is the only thing you know, you may not appreciate fully what some of the rest of us who have moved in this area have come to realize. There are a lot of churches that have not attained the level of spiritual maturity that this body of believers has. 
And that spiritual maturity is challenging. It's, it calls me to do better, and it calls you to do better. It's a mutual thing whereby we're uplifted and made stronger and fed in, in God's Word. That's what shepherds do. They see to the spiritual nourishment of a congregation. A shepherd provides. Also, a shepherd leads. Psalm 23 and verse 2. He leads me beside the still waters. Do you know of any spiritual discipline that the elders are calling you to do that they aren't willing to do themselves? Are these men who can just sit behind a, a desk and, and uh, you know, say, well, this is what you all need to do. But uh, as for us, we're, we're not going to engage in those disciplines. A shepherd is someone who gets out front who leads, doesn't drive, doesn't herd, but leads the flock. That's what an under-shepherd should do as well. They should be men who are out front, who are showing us this is what we're talking about. These are the attributes that we want you to possess and embody. And as we try to do it to the uh, likeness of Jesus, we encourage you to join in and try to engage in the same. It's about transformation of a a sinful person into a a holy person, and they're out in the lead. They're not asking us to do what they're not trying to do themselves in their own lives. That's what shepherds do. The shepherd also restores. Psalm 23 and verse 3, he restores my soul. When Paul wrote to the, or when he met with the elders uh, from Ephesus at Miletus, he encouraged them, he warned them of some things that were going to happen that he knew that were going to happen, even among them themselves. But he, one of the things he said is in verse 30, or 35, Acts chapter 20, he said, Be sure that you strengthen the weak. Be sure that you strengthen the weak. You know, I think sometimes in an effort not to be a burden, we actually hinder men who say, I will shepherd the flock from doing what they have chosen to do. Uh, What do I mean by that? Well, here, I've got a major issue in my life, and and, well... I don't want to share that with the elders. They've got enough things going on. And uh, they have so many things that they're dealing with already. I'm not going to take that to them and be a burden to them. Listen, that's what they've chosen to be and to do, to help you bear your burdens. That's not something that is forced on them. It's not, as Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5, something that they do grudgingly, but they do it willingly. They have chosen, I want to help. You know what a lightning rod is, don't you? It it, it stands, you know, you put it on a a building and and it attracts the lightning. And not only does it attract it, but it diffuses it. it. It intercepts it and it takes it to the ground and it protects that which is valuable. Shepherds are like that. We, we shouldn't be talking about, you know, I don't know, I don't want to worry them with my problems. That's what they're for. 
That's what they've chosen to do, to help, so that they can help with things so that the body isn't hurt. God calls shepherds to restore our souls, to to help us to take a deep breath again that doesn't hurt, that gives us hope, that enables me to, to march on in the, spite of, in, in the face of circumstances that are less than ideal and things that I wouldn't want to deal with, but here I am. There are people who say, we'll, we'll help you with that. They restore our soul. Shepherds are men who protect us. Look at verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they, they comfort me. And not only is that statement made there, but back up, he, he leads me beside what kind of water? Still waters. If you're a sheep, you don't want to get in a, you know, the, 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 the rapids that sweep you away, you drown. Shepherds lead you, they protect you, they, they take you to still waters where you can drink and, and be safe. They have that rod and that staff in order to provide protection even when you're in a dark and dreary place. Shepherds protect the sheep, protect the flock. Let me let you in on something that happened to me shortly after I moved here, and it came from a discussion we were having one time with the elders. There was something that was going on, and you know how you speak before you think? Have you ever done that? I've been prone to do that a time or two, and and I said some things before I thought, and it had to do, and it cast a person in not a very good light without really having factual things behind it. I was just, you know, thinking out loud, and I said, you know, this thing, and Don Wagner is mild-mannered, you know, very quiet, takes it all in, very calm, but when I spoke without really thinking, Don came uh, to life and said, listen, that person is a part of the flock here, the family of God here. And that was a careless remark, and we're not going to talk about our family like that. Wow. I was like, uh, well, I didn't see that. And I am so glad. I... I am so glad that he responded in that way. I repented that night before we left there. I repented. I, I, I jumped the gun. I said something I shouldn't have said. It didn't show the kind of love and respect for this fellow member. I was assuming things that I didn't know to be true. And he called me on it. Why did he, why'd he do that? It'd be easier just to let it go by. He did it because he loves the flock. And they're under his care. And he's going to provide protection. I'm glad we have shepherds like that, that show that kind of concern for the body of Christ here at Carnes. And then a shepherd is somebody who blesses. Look, look at the very end of the passage. He says in verse 5, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. A a shepherd is someone that doesn't leave you wanting. They fill your cup 
to the point of it running over. And again, those who maybe have been other places and have come here may be able to testify, boy, my cup was half full. But here, I'm challenged. It runs over. The blessings are so rich that there's more than what I can take advantage of. That's what shepherds do. They bless. They may make life better. They, they fill our cups to overflowing. See, that's what the good shepherd is described as in Psalm 23. The chief shepherd, God, is all those things, and he'll do all those things for us. But as his under-shepherds, that's what our shepherds do here at Carnes. Because they're trying to and striving to continue the work that God has handed to them. What I would simply say as we bring this lesson to a close is take advantage of what is here. Don't, don't try to be the lone guy that can handle everything all by himself. Don't try to hide your burdens from other people and think that, you know, I can deal with this. I, I'm on my own. I, sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need to share your issues. Don't feel like that's something I don't want to burden anybody with. That's in particular what these men have said. I pursue that responsibility. I accept that. Let us help. So let's rely on our shepherds. Not only do they bear our burdens but they should also be the recipients of our gratitude and our praise for the work that they do on my behalf. These men are helping me do what I want more than anything in the world. I want to go to heaven. And the second thing is I want my children to go to heaven more than anything in the world. These men that serve here are partnering with me in that task. How can I do anything but give them respect and gratitude for helping me to fulfill the two most important things in my life? And I'd say those are yours as well. If you're not yet a part of the family of God, the flock of God, the the, the sheepfold of God, if you're not yet being led by the Good Shepherd, Why not submit to his leadership today? Why not surrender your life and be led by him? Do what he asks you to do. He's going to do you well. He's a benevolent shepherd. He'll protect you. He'll guide you. He'll restore your soul. He'll bless you. And he'll lead you to heaven. As the psalmist closes in Psalm 23, he says this, Surely... Because I have a a shepherd like this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If the Lord is not your shepherd, make him that today. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you haven't done that, do that this morning. If you're a child of God and unfaithful and you need to return to the fold, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.